welcome to the Go Within podcast. My name is Yasmin and this episode is uh, going to be an interesting one. It's going to be all about food, our relationship to food, how it impacts our inner journey, how it's a form of self-expression and creativity. And I'm really happy to have the topic of food back on the podcast because I think it's been quite a while and that is kind of ironic because my own journey into well-being started with my relationship with food. I remember very, very clearly being in Peru and stumbling up across this cafe where the chef there was just so passionate about superfoods and raw food and it was really the first time that I had this experience of healthy food that was so inspiring and it just touched me, it touched me really deeply. I still remember that meal that I had in that cafe and I still have my notes of all the superfoods that uh, that chef introduced me that day. So. I do believe in the power of food and it's something that we do so many times a day. So this conversation is helpful in the sense of reminding us about the sacredness of that relationship and reminding us what a powerful tool that that can be for our own journey to live happier and healthier lives. So my, my two guests today, Jack and Corinna, um, they've started uh, a business called Sacred Food in Gozo and they're just really really lovely people and their passion for for food and 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 for life in general really shines through in this chat so i think you're going to enjoy this one especially if you are interested in food or if you've been struggling with diet or if if food stresses you in any kind of way then uh, this conversation is is definitely for you and as always i really thank you for listening this podcast is nothing without you the listeners because I wouldn't do it if, if no one listened, right? I would just keep these conversations for myself. But my my inspiration to share them out into the world is to drop little pieces of, of inspiration and, and little pieces of support because it's not easy to be on an inner journey on an inner journey in today's world. And we, we need all of the support and inspiration that we can bring. So thank you for listening. Please like and share with um, anyone who you might find who you might think will benefit from this thank you and here's my chat with jack and corinna yeah perfect so let's just let's just start yeah awesome. so thank you guys for coming um i'd love to start by just saying i love your brand i love your business i love everything you do thank you. and um yeah i just been really nice to follow your journey sadly i don't live in gozo so the only sampling i've done on, on your food is from uh, friends that uh-huh. I've had your Snickers cake at Alex's and some of your bread and stuff, which is really nice. Um, and I don't know if you guys know, but my, my journey with Conscious Business started with a food brand as uh-huh. well. Um, so I really love, you know, healthy food and its relationship with Conscious Business and its role that it can, can play in, in uh-huh. wellness. So I'd love to just, like usually, you know, the podcast is called Go Within, so I usually start by asking people you know, where the Go Within journey started, but I really want to focus a bit on food in this episode because obviously Sanya is a place where people come to get better well-being and food is such a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to spread some inspiration about how to eat healthy. I know you guys talk a lot about intuitive eating, which is Mm. a really beautiful message. So yeah, maybe we can just start like, how did sacred food begin? yeah, we can go back to before we met or when we met. Of course, it's a co-creation between Corinna and myself. Um, and we have very different backgrounds that weaved into each other as we met. Um, and a few months after meeting, 
um, Sagafru was born. <laughs> but I guess to understand how it was created, we need to go back to our individual journeys, in a way. A bit, yes. I would say, I always like to say that food for me, it's always been the way that I've connected with the world. So I've expressed myself that way through food. I found my creative outlet through food. I've met people through food. Like during my travels at uni, I kind of built myself confidence by honing the skill of cooking. So even my personal development has been through food. Um, so it, it really is a tool for many different aspects of life. And I think at Sacred Food, one of the main, um, the, the main mission or the main goal is to reconnect people with food, which also allows them to reconnect with themselves. So using food as a medium to reconnect with yourself um, on a daily basis um, because when we sit down and eat three times a day we take it very lightly but actually it's it's a big happening mm. there's a lot going on um, at the dinner table not just on a physical but on an emotional and psychological level so there's many different um, levels that you can approach food um, and use it as a tool to advance in life I'd say um, do you want to tag on from that? Yeah, I mean, what you said about going with the end and going back before Sacred Food was born, it reminded me that food has been the way for me that, to reconnect actually with myself. And when I choose, because my career was very different, I was on a very different path, you know, working as a journalist, doing other things. And at some point, I just... I just end up asking myself what I really want to do because I wasn't feeling fulfilled by my jobs and I wasn't I wasn't happy, you know, in a way. Whatever happiness means, you know, it's like like uh, uh you, you know, I just I wasn't I wasn't feeling good with myself. So when I asked myself what I really want to do, I ended up <laughs> saying cooking. You know, this is what I really want. So for me it's like food is has been so far a way to reconnect with my uh, true self. And I always used to say that now is also a way, I feel it's a way that kind of the universe speak with me through food. You know, I feel that through food I found my path. Through food I arrived here, for example. Through food I met Jack, through food I started you know a very different journey in my life so it's like wow i at some point i realized that you know the universe or oh god was speaking to me through food using food you know and that was the language that i i can that's the language i can listen to and that's the language i i learned how to express myself with as well you know so yeah definitely helped me to go within and listen to that to that voice you know yeah it's so beautiful hearing this message because a lot of people have a very different relationship with food and mm-hmm. for a lot of people kind of the mealtime brings up a lot of our darker issues right and our struggles maybe our struggles with our weight our struggles with our health even just struggles with control mm-hmm. and wanting to control what we eat and there's just so much about food that we've made not sacred yeah. And I think it's so beautiful to connect this sacred with the food. Mm-hmm. You guys chose the perfect name. <laughs> it really is good. 
at the same time like it's it's an ambitious thing right mm-hmm. to say like sacred it's a, such a you know big and beautiful term um uh-huh. and i don't really know where i'm going with this i just think like it's just such a beautiful shift in the way that we look at food yeah definitely i mean come no, on. i think if you, if you really really look at food for what it is um it, it's much more than the food that you see on your plate right so that's that's where we want to get that's where we want to take people like where did the food come from like let's talk on a physical level where was it grown how was it grown you know you eat let's use the cauliflower as an example it takes three months to grow and then you make a risotto and you eat it within 10 minutes and it's gone before you know it's gone and and it went through many other different stages after being grown before you ate it and if you really connect the dots you instantly can appreciate it more like it really does become sacred yes. because of everything all the energy that's gone into that one cauliflower for you to yeah. sit there and nourish yourself yeah it's, it's... I'm just laughing because I actually grew cauliflower for the first time <laughs> this winter I just grew my yeah. cauliflower um, and yes it's it's so beautiful to just see how long it takes and the amount of energy um, but also just like my cauliflowers were really ugly like <laughs> they weren't like not really mine but like uh-huh. you know in the shops you get these really yeah. perfect yeah. looking vegetables and the ones we grew in we have a little community field they were just they were funky you know they were like <laughs> they were just like a it's bit like, um, like deformed you know <laughs> the way that they are <laughs> and it's just it really kind of like made me stop and be like what's what's happening with those other other cauliflowers you know because True. it seemed like they were a bit more natural and a bit uh-huh. more how they're supposed to be uh-huh. yes. yeah these ones that we eat in the shops are just really kind of freakishly yes. perfect which mm. is a bit unsettling now i think when you actually start to realize how veg uh-huh. is supposed to look when it's grown a bit more wildly it's quite interesting i yeah. mean you know when you say f- sacred food food is sacred because we use a lot of this hashtag food is sacred just to remind people that any kind of food is sacred so which means on one hand Food is not beautiful or not beautiful, ugly, you know, it's like food is what it is and it's not necessarily the perfect one and clean that you find in the shops and which is very important because we are used, we, maybe not us, you know, our age, but children nowadays grow up with this idea that food is that, you mm-hmm. know, so we might be afraid of touching something that looks dirty, something that doesn't look nice, you know, it's like, oh, maybe... That's not good, and we put it away, you put it aside, we throw it away, you know. And this is another thing that we um, we focus on uh, on secret food, you know, and uh, about, ob- like, every, every, you know, every piece that comes through the soil as some good, you know. And on the other hand, of course, because we say every food is sacred, and it reminds me how the different perspective you know, it's like how important it is to consider the perspective we observe things. You know, it's like everything is relative. And because initially I was, I used to judge certain kind of food, you know, or certain kind of drinks, you know. But I also realized that depending on where you are, where you grow and what you can afford, even what doesn't look healthy for me is still sacred for you because that's the maximum, the best that you can have and you can afford, you know. So it's very, uh, very relative. The, 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 we need to remember, I think, a bit that the perspective, mm-hmm. if, we, if we look at things 
it's very relative, very personal, you know. Mm-hmm. So rather than judge things and categorize and put labels on ugly and beautiful and bad and good yeah. and healthy and healthy, you know, it's just yes. that's why it comes to connect with ourselves, reconnect with ourselves, which means connect with the environment we live in, you know, and what's going on in, you know, all the things mm-hmm. that can affect actually yeah. that. I mean, it's quite a rabbit hole. As you were thinking, I was just hearing sort of what the questions of the audience would be and uh-huh. I just had this kind of like is Coca-Cola sacred? Right? What was my mind? Yeah. 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 Like, is fast food sacred? Is, yes, you know, there are exactly. certain foods which have, have gone so far away from nature mm. that it is kind of hard to call them sacred um, and it, it kind of takes us to that issue of, and which we can kind of talk more about intuitive eating oh. which I, I don't know that much about but for me it was always sort of this question of like when we when we go to what we feel like eating, mm-hmm. there are different levels of our own feeling as well. Uh-huh. Like, you know, intuition is something quite pure and usually something quite wholesome. But then there's like, you know, that that feeling which is just like the comfort food and the comfort eating and, and sure. all of that. So I don't know if you have any perspectives on like, are all feelings good? Like, does every food you feel like eating, is that always a good thing? Or like, how do you guide people to deal with those kind of issues? I would, I would start by saying... It depends whether it's irregular or something that's a pattern. It's like if on a particular day I've had the most horrible day ever and a little bit of comfort food is going to make me feel that much better um, and it's not something that occurs every day or every week, it's just once, once in a while, then I think it can even be beneficial on an emotional level. It's because we always get stuck with food on the physical and I think, um, you know, craving sugar on a particular day because maybe your chemistry in your body that you're not aware of because we're not aware of these things that are happening in the body the body's craving sugar and you go for something that on a regular day you wouldn't necessarily have because it's high and it's got white sugar or it's got a high content of sugar in that moment it might it might not necessarily be that bad if you're doing it every day that's another story mm. I think if it's a pattern it's a different story then it's something it needs to be looked at because something else is triggering it yeah and i also you know um this this idea the idea is not to just follow our intuition or just be in the feeling like the idea is to use food to reconnect with ourselves use food as a tool and if in that moment because most of the times uh, we eat without paying attention to it you know even uh, when we eat healthy food whatever that means for us we eat without paying attention to what's happening so healthy is not necessarily what i'm putting in the body but it's also how i'm eating you know i can eat fast i can eat distracted you know it's like just observe that and food is definitely a tool to pay attention to something you know it's like if you know like if if i eat something and I just pay attention to what's happening. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't eat it. You know, I want a bit of chocolate because sometimes I hear a lot of people say, I eat chocolate. <laughs> it's okay. It's like chocolate. I mean, as sugar, it doesn't have sugar. Even chocolate sugar-free, you know, it's like it's not okay because it's chocolate. It's like, okay, whatever it is, you know, as chocolate is not evil. So let's start from that. But at the same time, it's like, what is driving you to do that? You know, it's like if we can use food to look within, to bring the attention within. It's like, what's happening right now that is driving me to open the cupboard and grab some chocolate? 
which doesn't mean I'm not gonna eat chocolate, but maybe I get I get the the opportunity to uncover something, you know, in the moment. It's like okay, maybe I had a stressful day. It's like okay, so why are you feeling stressed now? It's like did you manage to express yourself? Did you manage to release that stress? It's like maybe I need something else. It's like okay, food, but maybe I need to, you know, get a bit of relaxation relaxation in my life you know it's like to breathe you know to stop it's like it can be a very it can bring you very very deep you know of course sometimes there are other patterns that come up you know like things related with your childhood with your teenage you know like little trauma little you know there is so much behind it there is so much and so much we can explore you know, it's always a way, an invitation to use it, use food to go a bit deeper, to see, okay, what's happening inside me right now, it's basically. So beautiful, I love that perspective. Uh, In a way, it's like, you just reminded me, like it's a, a bridge to the now moment. Uh, yeah. So it's like, if you just, instead of just eating, you stop and be present with why you want to eat what you eat. It's like yeah. a gateway to yourself, to your own mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah. Yeah, what's trying to be expressed right now. Yes, which is amazing because we just, we don't give ourselves that time in in Mm -hmm. so many different ways, right? Yes, I noticed, for example, when I was cooking mostly for retreat, you know, and I used to observe, actually, all of this came mostly mostly from observation, you know. I used to observe people, how they come around the table, how they relate to food Mm -hmm. during a retreat. And I'm saying during a retreat because... During retreat, you put yourself a bit out of your comfort zone, even just being in a space and go a bit, uh, go in an intimate space and share intimate things, you know, like it's it's a different uh, environment, you know, and the way then people go into food, it's like all the, you know, the work that you go and you do out there, and then you come around the table and finish, <laughs> like, oopsie. <laughs> so just by observing that, it's like, how? Oh. like, why? When even in the retreat, you know, it's like, why we don't pay more attention to food, you know? It's like, it's like, maybe we need to bring more values to this, you know, to this moment and to, yeah, to it in general. Just, I'm laughing because in, in our last retreat, we had, um, we had quite a few vegans and someone who was lactose-free. <clears throat> Usually our retreats are vegetarian, mm-hmm. but because we had quite a few vegans and a lactose intolerance, we'll just do it vegan because it's easier. Yes. And anyway, we had the whole treat and our, the breakfasts were quite small because we usually do a tea ceremony and mm-hmm. you can't eat that much. And anyway, on the, on the last uh, evening, three of the women were like, we just can't take this food anymore. <laughs> like, it's too healthy. Like, this is just driving us crazy. <laughs> and I think they were like a little bit shy to just like kind of uh-huh. say yeah. it, you know. Yeah. And I was just like completely relaxed about it. I was like, no problem. And then the next day we just gave them a huge breakfast and we bought them pastizzi. I was like, <laughs> if you jump in the sea for a morning swim, like uh-huh. you can just like full on beautiful breakfast. And it is just like, as you said, like we shouldn't be rigid. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh no, I'm on a retreat and it's supposed to be healthy. And I said, this is going to be healthy food. And then I'm serving pastizzi, you know, it's like, you can so easily just judge that and yes. just be like, oh, awesome. that's wrong, you know, to mm. do. But when you just kind of follow that <clears throat> playful and not, as you said, like bring all of that rigidity into it. Yeah, it actually becomes really beautiful. And it was such a happy breakfast. Like, they were all so happy. <laughs> this is like, because we got them avocado. So the people who went into the pastis, had avocado and cheese. And they were just like, everyone Paradise. was just like, in this heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really funny. And of course, you, you know, it's like, you can use food to work 
in in that way with people as well because if I if we look at food as a comfort, you know, it's like our comfort zone sometimes. So when you take away even that, you can trigger even more things within. So you know, it's like it's it's very the potential with yes. it are yes. huge for me. Anyway. I mean, it's just funny because I I'm so used to eating this way that for me to eat that way is just normal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not for me. It's not a lack of comfort, right? Uh-huh. We had like tempeh and pasta, so it was like for me it was like normal. Uh-huh. You forget that. As you said, everyone is at a different stage of like what's healthy, what's unhealthy, what's comfort, what's not comfort. And yeah, when we sort of take away that habitual way of eating, it can actually really mm. be quite triggering yeah, <laughs> for, for us. Sure. Which, yeah, yeah, on a retreat, it, it has its place as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess that's the space, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're going to get triggered anywhere, uh-huh. do it on a retreat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I keep thinking of the word Elke, you know, because you repeated it a few times. And I don't know, sometimes, again, I come back to observation, you know, and I also noticed that people that used to have a healthy diet, and sometimes we are so, uh, we judge food as well, you know, when it's not the way people eat, but we judge food itself, you know, like we judge it as healthy, as bad, as good. And sometimes we unconsciously, I think, we put ourselves in such a box, you know, and sometimes that can create uh, a different reaction in the body, you know, because I'm I'm used to it always in a certain way, you know, it's like I confine myself to this, you know, and then at some point, because we are human, you know, sometimes we might crave something else and we go for a binge, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to have, you know, I think of a friend and once had uh, one panna cotta and one with, was like a moose, you know, it's like in, in, in five minutes, you just like, wow, man, you know, it's like we can put ourselves in such a restricted space and sometimes that creates the opposite reaction, you know. It, it's almost like the rigidity becomes the comfort zone then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with all these things, like, we can make everything into a bit of an ego trip sometimes. Actually, like, the yeah. human mind, like, with food, we can do it as well. Like, I'm gluten-free, or I'm this, or I'm that. and just. Oh, I'm an intuitive eater. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we identify so much with it. Yeah. A lot. I mean, actually, you're not even following, you could say it's your intuition, but you're just following intuition, right? Yes. It's not really yours. Yes, you're so not. So it's like whatever's coming up in the moment, you're kind of doing your best to yeah. respond yeah. in the best way yeah. that you can, yeah. or no, I guess. My, my spiritual teacher is, is very big on... Um, whenever food is given to you to always accept it mm-hmm. yeah. um, obviously he's vegetarian so he wouldn't accept meat because it sort of goes against his yoga principles but in general like whatever he's given especially if it's with love like for him it's a sin to reject food given with love uh, even if it's not cooked in the way that he wants or if it's not what he usually eats or whatever if there's love he will always accept it mm-hmm. and for me it's really interesting to see to witness people who come around to some of his gatherings sometimes because mm-hmm. we all have a lot of judgments right so usually we would offer food and then at the end of the program we would distribute it as in yoga school prasad mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because usually i'd be like you know going and giving all the people and every person has a different reaction right so like if i'm going with some like nuts you know there are some people like oh yes thank god it's something healthy and i'm seeing the biscuits over there i don't want those <laughs> and, then, and you go to the other person and they're like oh no i'm fasting today or you go to the other one no gluten-free and it's just like it's really comical and 
as sort of you kind of get more used to it and you learn this teaching of like just accept you know Mm -hmm. and you just see like how much we reject food and we sort of come into this like yeah very in a way like this we can disrespect food very easily right like someone's also giving it to us with love and we're like oh no that doesn't fit into Mm -hmm. the category and you're making me think of the the way that we disrespect the body as well Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of mind over matter which ties into the ego trip right of like I should eat this way because I think this way is the healthiest and no matter what signals my body gives me I'm going to be sticking to this Mm. until you don't because like you were saying before we're human and sooner or later you're going to fall off the rails of that confined mind over matter space Um, so it is there's a disrespect to food but also to ourselves in many ways when we um, we don't respect the, the hunger cue or the craving or whatever the body's asking for because this body has an intelligence that we're never ever going to grasp yeah. of you know how it functions how we breathe how the heart pumps how the food digests and what the body needs mm-hmm. we can only have an idea of what we think the body needs mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily um so how can people get like more kind of pure in their way of sensing their intuition because as we said like there are a lot of cues that come maybe mm-hmm. from a um, I read once, and it really stayed in me, that sort of the body has the, and us humans as gen- in general, has the urge towards balance mm-hmm. and the urge towards disbalance. Like there's the sort of life, um, the exact word is escaping me at this moment, it's like the impulse, the impulse mm-hmm. to live and the impulse to die. We have both within mm-hmm. us. And I kind of took that as well on a food level of like we have the impulse to eat healthy, or things that are going to help our body come more into balance. And then there is that part of us that kind of almost wants to harm ourselves <laughs> and almost wants to just be like, oh, you know, to right ourselves. And, yeah. and I think people, and I can say even for myself, it's very hard for us to develop enough, enough sensitivity with our own body and enough honesty as well to know kind of which is which. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, especially if they haven't got any kind of spiritual practice or practice that can help them deal with their emotions might find that super confusing. Yeah. One word comes to mind, um, trust. Um, can we trust without, can we trust the signals of the body without judging them um, on a day-to-day basis? And that could mean that this month I'm eating more of a particular food and next month I'm eating more of another particular food depending on the season, your mood on that day, what's happening around you, what's available, um, your senses. Like there's so many variables that we cannot understand or even grasp to dictate what we should be eating. So can we just surrender and trust from one, from, from the now to the now, from the now to the now? Yeah. And it, it, it sounds really simple, right? And it is, <laughs> yeah. but it's not. It's, it's very hard. We always want to jump ahead of ourselves yeah. and dictate the next move. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, in nature, every season has different foods. Uh-huh. So we're not supposed to have one it's diet. It's tricky. Exactly. We live in this abundance of everything now. So it, 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 isn't, it, it doesn't make sense that there's confusion out there. Yeah. Another thing that comes to mind is let go. Let go all the knowledge, the ideas, the conviction about food, around food. And I say this mostly speaking from my own experience because 
um, when I start to go into food, you know, I start reading, learning more and more and trying different, you, you inject to, you know, it's like trying different diets and raw days and vegan diet and blah, blah, blah. Then at some point at the beginning of last year, I just got to a point, and this was after introducing myself to intuitive eating, what does it mean to follow my intuition around food? So at some point, I got to this point where I really wanted to empty myself, empty my head from all this knowledge of things that I think I know about food and forget about it. Just stop and become a bit like a child. You know, sometimes when people ask me, how can I? It's like, when you were a child, how could you choose when to eat, what to eat and how much? You know, it's like, I think that... I'm not saying it's easy, you know, that's why it becomes, you know, that's why, for example, we do the session, we do, we practice with people, we, mm-hmm. we follow through, you know, certain, because the idea is to support into that, you know, it's like, well, maybe, as you, say, as you said, sometimes people don't know, you know, people that are not maybe in meditation, are not in any kind of practice, they f- might find confused and lost, you know, the idea is to do step by step, you know, it's something, it, it's, at the end, it's a practice. Like every other practice, as you know, you have to practice it to understand, you know, to relearn. It's about relearn how to tune yourself with yourself, basically. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? And in fact, a lot of people, one of the biggest problems we have around hood is this sense of guilt because we don't see it as like a learning process where, yes, okay, maybe you ate a food that didn't make you feel good or after you didn't, you know, you thought maybe that was a bad idea, next time we shouldn't do that. But instead of just taking it as an ongoing journey, we're like, okay, now I failed or now I'm bad or... That, that's that's the, the whole point, you know, it's like we have this idea that I'm, I, I'm failed, I feel guilty, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that because we categorize food in this way, you know, I shouldn't eat this, I can't eat that. So we behave around food in that way, mm-hmm. which is, it, it can cause more harm than benefits, of course, you mm-hmm. know, so... Yeah, even that, you know, let go of the idea that there is something you shouldn't eat. Let go of the idea that there is something unhealthy out there, you know. Let go mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. thoughts that you have you had about food, you know. Mm-hmm. Just start to sit with yourself. And sometimes I ask people, what do you, what do you, would you like to eat, you know. And I don't know. That's the level of disconnection that we have with our gut, you know. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what I really want to eat. Okay, so maybe that means you're not hungry. <laughs> <laughs> wake up in the morning and it's like, okay, it's breakfast time. Um, what should I have? I'm not sure. And we never ask, oh, well, maybe it's because I'm not hungry and I should not eat. <laughs> we, have all these, we like a system, right? We like, I mean, we like structure, otherwise everything will be chaos. So we, I think even if, let's say, we follow our intuition for a week, we're like, okay, I've got this figured out. Next week I can just, you know, not eat this and eat this because, you know, this week I followed my intuition and then I figured... I figured it out. Now I've got a system that I can follow, and that's where we kind of fall off because we want to follow what's happened, you know, rather than just allowing. Yeah, I I really liked what you said about the pattern, Uh though, as I think there is a very big difference in sort of the one-off ways Mm. that we deal with food, but then also our habitual patterns. I think that's where you know it, it comes back to like the. The relationship with food mirroring our relationship with ourselves, yes. and the more disturbed our relationship with ourselves is, then the more disturbed our relationship uh-huh. with food is going to be. 
And I, I think maybe that's w- because, as you said, like we eat three times a day, it's kind of in our face the most. Like mm-hmm. it can be easy to like not realize that you're a bit off emotionally or something's disturbing you and you, you can spend, you know, weeks or months not really realizing it. But obviously every day you're eating three times a day, it's like in your face, like something uh-huh. is wrong here. Exactly. And most of the time we don't pay attention to because we don't want to, you know, because food is such a comfort moment, comfort time and so, you know, that man, I just don't want to look into it, you know. And I also wanted to add to what we were saying, there's not a system because we are all different and we go all through different things. That's why, for example, the diet system, which we really um, kind of reject in a way, you know, is because it makes something right for everyone. And uh, it doesn't uh, allow mood, for example. It doesn't allow what's happening on an emotional level in your life is just rigid and that's not right for for, for us you know like how can it's be not something right for life. Like it's not right yeah for life. you know like you change you change every day you change minute by minute you know it's like how can you have a diet that is the same for everyone you know it's like and how can you have the diet that is the same even for you it's the same for every day like can you know food fulfill myself my being today and in a couple of days and something else is happening you know so it's about you know connect all the dots because everything is related you know what we crave with our emotion with our love everything is related so we've kept forgetting this you know so it's really important and and also you know this urge that we have to kind of find the go for the quick solution go for the things that works immediately go for you know that's not the the way that things don't go like from zero to a hundred in an instant you know go step by step so with food is the same you know it's like a little like the cauliflower yes it takes (laughs) time it takes time (laughs) it does (laughs) i can tell you that um growing veg has been quite a life changer for me (laughs) Just wow, it's really um, changed my relationship with food and my relationship with nature. Mm. I think the fact that when you grow vegetables, especially obviously in the summer, you need to be there very yeah. often. Um, especially in the last summer, we didn't have any watering, mm. so we, I was we were watering everything manually. Mm-hmm. So you literally have to go there every day, and sometimes yeah. you feel like, sometimes you don't. If it was just a question of I'm going to go to nature because I feel like it, you know, you'd probably not go, you know, at uh-huh. least half the time. Yeah. But like having to literally be there every day and watch the veg growing day by day was really different, really funny. And in fact, you know, the, I, I didn't used to like cucumber, but as soon as I started growing them, I was like, I have to like them now. Like they're so cute, you know, and I watered them every day. Like I'm not going to not eat them now. And then to waste it, right? Don't After all that effort and commitment and resources. Yeah. It's like that's... waste for us is another big, yeah. like reducing waste and rescuing food. These are other aspects of sacred food that we really try and promote and bring awareness to. Yeah, I saw so some of your, your food rescue campaign. I uh-huh. thought that was really, really sweet. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, it's like when you reconnect with the process of how food grows and you understand that you bring gratitude and appreciation to that, then before trying something, you know, it's such a, it's such a circle, you know, because I, most of the time people throw food because they buy too much. It's like, why am I buying so much food, you know? That's just me or just two persons in the house, so don't need to buy so much, you know? It's like, there's, 
you know, bring more awareness around all of this, you know, because mm-hmm. again, even here, everything is related. Mm-hmm. So if we can become aware of how something grows and how much time and energy and water and everything, you know, the people that work behind that, and it's like, okay, maybe I don't need to buy too much. So I'm going to throw less, you know, it's like bring a bit of awareness in every stage. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely have been wasting a lot less since I started. Uh. It's it's heartbreaking, actually, to throw away food you've grown. It's just like, oh, (laughs) it really is. So, yeah, it really does. Um, And, yeah, we throw away food that we haven't grown very casually. Uh It is such an important reminder. There's that lack of connection, right? And so it's not like people are to blame. It's they go to the supermarket and they buy it. It's there and they don't see the everything else that goes on behind that cauliflower. Because as soon as you make the connection, it's like, there's that appreciation. There's, it's, it's, it <laughs> and you really don't, is, yes, yes. It really true. is like plugging in to, yeah. the, to what really is. Yes. Yeah, so we should have a cauliflower here. We're talking so much about it. <laughs> yeah, what is it with the cauliflowers? <laughs> oh, amazing. So I'm, I'm quite curious, like, how, how do you feel your journey kind of getting more deep in your relationship with food like was that mirrored in your relationship in general like from a kind of go within perspective as well like how were those two journeys sort of related for both of you the relationship with food and the relationship of going within myself yeah like was there a parallel in sort of getting more conscious in the way you eat and then Uh just you know more connected to yourself in general so what comes up as you ask me that question is the journey that I've had with food and how you know, from a very young age, I was very, let's say, health conscious or food conscious of what I eat and why and the effect that it has. And I went, I'd say, from the age, from my teens, for a good 10 years or a decade, going through all these different diets and ways to eat and studying them. Like, I'd get really obsessed and uh, I'd be very strict with it. And I'd really want to understand the whys and the hows of what, the ins and outs, you know, macrobiotic diet, vegan raw vegan, um, all these different keto. You know, there's, there's many more that I haven't explored, but I, I did enough to get to the point where I was confused. I was like, yeah. all of these things that I've tried have good things and bad things. Like they have, there's truth in all of them. There's a little bit of truth. There's like an ounce of truth in each. So I was trying to find or trying to build my own out of all these pieces until I realized that I couldn't even do that because there wasn't really a diet that I could follow on a, on a, on a, consistently because I was changing as I was growing older, as I was having different relationships, different, different physical um, activities. So I re- the, the journey for me was really one of letting go and really, because I had, even when I, whether I was shopping, cooking, I was always thinking about what I was eating and why. So it, was, it became unhealthy because it became a bit of an obsession. Um, and that together with the confusion, it wasn't even a choice of like, okay, I'm gonna let it go. It just had, it just did, it just had to because it became too much. And I really, that's when I, without really conceptualizing it, embraced the intuitive way of eating. Um, and there's a lot of freedom in it, number one. Um, and I'm trying to tie this into, because that would be my more external physical relationship with food. Um, but I think at the same time, there was probably a part of me that was um, trying to find myself 
in all of these different experiences. Um, um, yeah. I didn't find I didn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lot. Of, to there was a lot of development. You know, a lot of it was it was just fun and games. You don't have the it. answer for us, Jack. <laughs> That's very sad. I just kind of lost for words because there isn't. Once you you know how do I eat intuitively? Just eat. Like just on a daily basis, eat whatever your body's asking for. And I can't really say more than that. And I think. Where it ties in is that I've allowed myself to do that in other areas of my life, um, rather rather than trying to find or trying to figure my own life out, um, because you know there's a lot of demand from family. You know, I I spent five six years traveling around the world as a nomad, and in the eyes of my family and and peers, I was wasting my I just wasn't doing anything, just wasting my time, wasting my life, floating around, which I was on the one hand. Um, but on the other hand, I was finding myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and now, I I just kind of somehow dropped that, I guess, and just focused on what is here. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you really get to the nitty gritty, it's just the now. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. I, I, when I started to go a bit more within around food, that helped me a lot to reveal so much how bad was the relationship with my own body, how much, but in a more mature way, realize it in a more mature way, you know, because before that I was just rejecting my body. And um, just not accepting that the shape of of it, you know, just not. I'm fighting against it, you know, and be obsessed, being obsessed with uh, gym and do a lot of sport and and training a lot and exhausting my body. Exhausting. I got to a point where my body was just exhausted, and I think. Of course, even the way I was eating, because I was convinced that I was eating always healthier, I was never on a diet, but there were so many food that I wasn't, that were forbidden, that I was, I, I spent most of my life so far on a diet, actually, you know, so realizing all of this and how much I kind of disrespect myself and my body, literally, and, uh, you know, it was like how many emotions came up through this journey, you know, through my body, it's like, it was so, so much, it was intense sometimes, it was there, you know, sometimes it was intense, because I did, I remember when I did that month, one month of paying attention every day on what I was eating, you know, and why, of course, you go to, from one extreme to the other first, before you find the balance, you know, so, I was there, and just asking myself every time I was touching something, why and what, you know, which was a bit extreme. I'm not suggesting this necessarily. <laughs> was a bit extreme, but it helped me to realize how much I've mistreated my body, you know, and how much I had to look into my relationship with my own body, which, you know, is like, oh man, 
just brought so much appreciation, you know, to get over certain things and just really accept it, really accept it. Of course, sometimes I look in the mirror and it's like, I really don't like myself today, which is fine. <laughs> and sometimes I really love it, you know, which is beautiful. I'm not saying that is one thing that you learn and that's it for the rest of your life. It's day by day. But there is definitely more compassion for myself, which is very beautiful. Yeah. I mean, everything you guys have shared is like real spiritual principles, right? Like more love, more acceptance, not striving mm. in some, mm-hmm. you know, mm. neurotic way that we usually do. <laughs> and it's beautiful, like your relationship with food, you just can make your whole life more sacred in general. Mm. I think that's such a beautiful message because... And the food industry and just food in general is just such a massive part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in fact, you know, I this is why I love when food businesses are conscious because I think it's just so needed. Um, and yeah, I'm quite curious, like, how have your challenges been running the business? Because I very much see business also like how you see food, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a sort of sacred, um, a sacred practice that can bring mm-hmm. us to a lot of these same realizations, right? Mm-hmm. Of seeing our attachments and why we want to do the things we do and, and all of this kind of stuff. So I'm just curious, like, how have you found that journey? And has that journey also brought you some enlightenment? Have you found yourself there? <laughs> 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 found myself less and less, which is great. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> become so much lighter. <laughs> but yeah, I think whether it's, yeah, let's focus on, like you say, the business relationship. For me, as I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, even when I started um, training as a chef at uni, in uni, it allowed it really um, allowed me to build my self confidence, and I started building my social skills in that environment. And then from there, I was able to take it out into the rest of my life. So, whether it's been training as a chef, working in restaurants, or now with the business at Sacred Food. It's constantly, it's con, it's constantly a journey of of growth, and like personal development together with the business. It's kind of just like we say, food's a reflection. The business is a reflection. Mm. This relationship's a is reflection. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing journey, um, which is constantly, you know, triggering mm. different parts of ourselves to to step up. So, what would be like the tools that you would most use, like to kind of deal with all of that? Um, trying to think of a specific. So what comes to mind is the challenge that we had when COVID hit. Obviously, you know, Karina was catering for retreats. Um, that was kind of one aspect of the business that was happening. I was consulting remotely, and there might be something else going on as well. That was that was the two the main, main pillars that were yeah, for sure. that were that were going really well. Hmm. And then COVID hit and both got cancelled. So we, so I think change and adaptation, which I personally have trained myself in over them years of travel, I was constantly training, train, changing and constantly adapting. And recently I came to realise that having a long-term strategy, especially in you know the last year or so, but in general with the, the ever accelerating change with you know digital the digital world and technology a long-term strategy one to five years down the line really isn't a strength anymore the strength really is being able to change with the fast pace of everything around you and adapting so change change and adaptation um 
is much more of a strength in my opinion than having a strategy of okay in a year I want to be here this year I'm going to do this this and that because next month there could be a new new technology a new app that could steer your business in a totally different direction yeah. and being open to that I think can really um, allow your business to 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 reach other levels mm-hmm. that before wouldn't have been um, even possible yeah I mean, it takes a certain skill set to be able to mm-hmm. do that, right? Like, yes. you need to have, going back to your trust, <laughs> like yeah. you need to have a lot of trust in yourself and, uh-huh. and not too much attachment in, like, control and yes. where you think things should be, which... I think is mostly... The, the, word, the word that comes to mind is quantum. And I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this guy that talks about quantum marketing. Um, we've gone through these different stages, and stage four, I think he says, is uh, smartphones and social media. And the next level will be other technologies like VR and AI, and it's really just going to explode into this infinite different directions, which becomes quantum. It's not linear anymore. Mm. And I think with your business, it's kind of the same principle. Like you can really meet someone today and they can suggest something or an idea or send, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many possibilities that to be open to that is very enriching mm-hmm. for mm. you and your business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So... Like we live in such a an amazing time, I think, for for businesses and for us, for yes. us in general. I mean, if we were attached to the idea of what we were doing before last we'd, year, we'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the, the the way you see the business now, it it just started exactly when COVID hit last year. Mm-hmm. So if we were attached to the idea of cooking for a tweet or you know like this is what I really want to do, you're done. Definitely. So, yeah, for sure. He has such a creative mind, you know, is the way he finds solution. And it's so inspiring for me because it's just constantly out there, you know. Constantly. Can't stop it. Yeah, it's <laughs> always, you know, sometimes he goes, hi, and then he gets, I'm now with ads, you know. It's constantly, you know. But it, it's also because he keeps... And that helps me as well to keep the mind very open to whatever arrives, you know, and open to the possibilities and let go. Okay, okay, I would love to, for example, a couple of years ago, we were talking about uh, doing uh, travel around Europe and cook for people in need around Europe, you know. And then we put this thing out there and that's it. We'll see what happens. We want a, a van, you know, to travel around. This, the way we dreamed of it didn't manifest okay but last what few months ago mm-hmm. a friend of ours uh, called james uh he just well now he's a friend we didn't know back then he just basically knocked the door and say oh, look i have a, a, a van a food truck and you know let's so, do something. yeah let's do something <laughs> and we ended up doing soup kitchen for the people in gozo and i was like just you know let go the way you think it should be and just stay open to what might come through. You never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful way to live as well, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. our, our never... need to control is just... Uh-huh. Yes. Sometimes. Neurotic. <laughs> Very neurotic. It is. And I think yeah. fear of failure is a, big, is a big thing that stops people as well from trying different things. Because mm. of 10 ideas that I have, nine probably going to fail. And... Half of them I don't try, but five out of ten I'll try, and only one will succeed. So it's really important for me to try, because then, because without the trying part, you won't reach to the one thing that works. So mm-hmm. it's, and it's fun. It's really is fun trying different things, but you got to be okay with it, with probably the majority of the ideas 
being flawed. Yes. Because we're human and we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I experience the same thing here uh-huh. all the time. Like, you know, you <clears throat> I've launched so many programs and like by the sort of seventh iteration of it, like finally it resonates with people. Uh-huh. But mm. if you just quit after the first two, then you're just basically going home <laughs> and unpacking uh-huh. up shop because <laughs> you're just never going to get there otherwise. Yeah. But I think, I mean, you guys both strike me as, you know, when you were talking I had this thought of like most people get this kind of understanding when they've done like 10 years of meditation you know what I mean it's like we're not because of our society and the way we're brought up this way of thinking doesn't always come natural like Mm -hmm. it well it came to me and it wasn't natural to me like I had to do certain have certain experiences and do a lot of therapy and (laughs) meditation and different things which kind of got me closer to my nature Um, so if you just did this without like anything that's pretty pretty Why cool. Not? <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Would be nice. <laughs> Didn't happen exactly in that, I guess. Well, like I said, apparently I, fe- I spent five or six years doing nothing, so I guess that kind of helped. That's that's yeah. I lived with, I lived with months for a month, you know. No, yes, I think you know everyone has a different, you know, we use the word journey. Uh-huh. Everyone has his own different journey, and sometimes there are a lot of practices sometimes there is nothingness sometimes you know everyone has his own way to reach when where he needs we need to to go to go where we need to go and i think it's interesting what you you just said because i've met homeless people on my travels with no spiritual background and they're the most spiritual beings on the planet like just the Mm. way they like you'll listen to i sit there and listen to someone for, for 10 minutes and their their perspective on life, you know, many of the things that we've just mentioned. I don't know yeah. it's because they're, if they're just is because they're just living in nothingness, and they're experiencing it like indirect, like in a different way to us, of course. But like there's there's a within the spiritual community, there can easily be the, this idea that um, how to explain. But there's there's judgments right towards what can be spiritual, what can not, and actually it's the end of the day that there's still concepts and mm. there can be someone that doesn't have anything to do with you know what mm. we call spiritual and be more spiritual than some people that call themselves spiritual yeah i mean even it's that so, in itself is a contradiction a right yeah, of like exactly. what is more spiritual or less uh-huh. spiritual <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now we're gonna go down a deep hole <laughs> no but i totally get what you're saying and uh-huh. it is true because we do have this like ridiculous Thing that we need to label and mm-hmm. and also have things like on a scale of like con- a continuum you know yeah. um and i think you're so right that actually the the spiritual values because really that's what yeah, it that, is like the values it, yeah. of, of how you live your life and the, the exactly. gift of your own presence like is your presence uplifting others or is it mm-hmm. you know pulling yes. it, causing pain to others really mm-hmm. i think that's that's how i would sort of kind of measure if it's even something to be yeah, measured yeah, exactly. yes, yes. yeah it's a nice way to put it but yeah obviously nowadays just like with food and with spirituality as well there is such a commercialization of our relationship with these kind of things mm-hmm. um, yeah <laughs> um uh, and unfortunately that commercialization always kind of takes us further away from yeah. the essence it feels Sometimes, yeah. yeah i guess we, we also have to use words to communicate yeah to a certain degree so 
Yeah. I guess that's why I love them, the Zen Buddhist approach always, because they're always just like stripping away as much as possible. Uh-huh. In fact, what you said could have very much been like a Zen monk kind of thing. Like, I just did nothing for five months, <laughs> like, or five years, whatever it was. Years, years. Five yeah. years, you know, like, it was, you know, it's like, it's how Buddha, how did you get enlightened? I just did nothing for five years. Well, actually, if, <laughs> if you go deep into that, it's. The art of doing nothing. Well, if you go deep into that, you were doing a lot. Oh, you I were was. traveling, you were doing your nobody supper club. You were yeah, there was a lot going on for sure. Yeah, yeah. But was, nothing from nothing what from society would, exactly. yeah. would measure yeah, as sure. something valuable yes. to do. Right? Yeah. So there is again, you know, like it depends on the, the, the meaning that we give towards, you know. Yeah. Okay, what yeah. does it mean? Yes. <laughs> from which perspective is nothing, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. totally. Of course. Mm. Feeling hungry. She's feeling hungry. Amazing. We've actually been chatting for almost an hour, so nice. kind of Beautiful. bring it, land the plane gently. Yeah, sounds good. Um, is there anything you guys would like to just share with people? Usually I ask people to share, my guests to share, like something that helped them go within or, you know, like a, like a book or a podcast or something that can be a little spark of inspiration. Um, but you can share whatever you like. Mm. The, the mic is yours. The first thing that comes to mind for me is creativity. For me, creativity whether it's cooking or, or writing or creating a new product or something in the business, this creativity in general, whatever that outlet may be for you, I disappear. So I don't know if that's going within, but <laughs> when I cook, all that's left is the cooking. Mm. And for me, that's, that's beautiful. And so if you, can re- if you can find that thing that's creative and, and comes naturally to you, because I think we all have some kind of creative outlet and maybe if you're listening and you haven't found that thing, then I would suggest to explore because once you've found that thing, you can really just get absorbed in that process of creativity and yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. One word again for me is trust. I think that uh, now more than ever before I'm learning every day to trust and you can trust and whatever you want to call it, you know, it's just for me, trust that everything needed will be provided, you know, this is what I trust, really, it's like, sometimes I worry of, you know, not making enough money for this or that, at some point it's just, I trust, whatever will happen is the right thing that, you know, it's the only thing that can happen, which makes it the right whatever that means, right, thing mm-hmm. to happen. I'm just trusting that. Because it takes away pressure, it takes away anxiety, you know, just being it, just being that. And it's very beautiful, you know, you feel guided, you feel, you know, you, you can feel actually there's something else leading the way. Mm-hmm. And I love that feeling. I really love it. It's so, ah, you know. It's empowering you. as well. To realize that you're part of something bigger than just yourself. Yeah. It takes a lot of weight off your back and it's very empowering at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, you reminded me of the Tao Te Ching, which is like uh-huh. totally talking about this, like this state. <clears throat> of course, mm-hmm. there's, there's many you know, different books and, and things that 
um, people have sort of tried to express in words that feeling right mm -hmm. which yeah, we all have and uh, within us and just like how can we connect more with that that space mm -hmm. and whether it's through food or business or yoga or yeah. creativity then it doesn't really matter it's just like how can we use that to get mm -hmm. into that that mm -hmm. state Yes, <laughs> I think that's a good note uh, to leave it on. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, guys. I really, really Thank enjoyed this chat and, and just bringing this beautiful topic, which we don't often talk about on this podcast. Uh -huh. So, such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So